have to remain competitive with other institutions, particularly other higher ed institutions in other states that may be receiving more state funding to do stem cell research and therefore puts them at an advantage over this particular state institution. And so instead of just becoming academic, now the issues become political because one state certainly cannot allow another state to have an advantage over it or to get ahead of it. It doesn't look good, and it doesn't look good for the political figures. So they too then respond. And how they respond, of course, is going to depend upon their constituency. How do they feel about the issues? What are their involvements with stem cell research? This in part two will be a reflection of their own values that might be rooted in a religious tradition or a philosophical belief or just a particular cultural milieu that is dominant within a particular state. In fact, these responses and reactions can be so powerful and have such a broad public impact that they actually overshadow the technological advances and the research solutions that the stem cell information and understanding can actually produce. This is in part because stem cell technology itself is already moving so fast that we may soon be beyond the issues that have become so entrenched in the current stem cell debates. For instance, currently there is a great deal of focus on the beginning of human life. When does that occur? And what sort of moral and legal status should we give to embryos? How do they count in our world? These issues may suddenly seem to pale in comparison with the issues that we will have to most quickly address. For instance, what difference does it make if one has an embryo that is part human and partly another animal? What is the status of a chimeric creature? And not just at the beginning of life, but what if such creatures are born that are indeed part animal and part human? The reason that these are going to be issues we need to address immediately is because this is not science fiction. But we already can create creatures that have, say, 15% of their cells as human cells. And so you can see why I would be excited for this chance to address these challenging ethical and social issues that are constantly before us these days as our knowledge about human biology and our ability to manipulate our own biology seems to advance more rapidly with each passing week. This rapid advance is challenging in its potential to benefit anyone and everyone, but also in its potential to cause harm. Harm that can certainly be caused by abuse or misuse of the technology, but also harm that can be caused by the fact that the technologies may be available only to some, and therefore actually increase the already tragic divide that exists in our society between those who have access 
to the latest technologies and those who do not even have access to the minimum they need to survive. As we begin, I also need to acknowledge the challenge of covering such complicated and controversial topics in such a brief amount of time. In spite of the fact that there are 24 segments to this lecture series, there's not nearly enough time for each topic. So my emphasis will be on communicating a framework for further self-education and also for further constructive public dialogue. Constructive public dialogue that is to help us to understand where it is we want to go with these technologies and how we wish these technologies to be integrated into our lives so that we may see improvement in the way we live and the way we 